Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. And we all know the adage, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And we typically think of this in terms of diversifying across asset classes. But what about diversifying across geographies? Is it even worth a look outside of US markets? In 2023, three of the top five traded stocks among trading platforms, Saxo's global clients were US stocks, NVIDIA, Tesla and Apple. And amongst its Singapore clients, five out of five of their top-rated stocks were Tesla, NVIDIA, Apple, Palantir and Amazon. So given this, what incentive is there to look beyond U.S. markets? Well, what if I told you that there were six stocks that gave investors more than 50% average returns per year over the last five years, and they aren't U.S. stocks? Well, I'll tell you what they are in a while. To help us think through building a globally diversified portfolio, we're happy to welcome back to the show Adam Reynolds, who is Apex CEO of Saxo. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Michelle. Great to be here again. Great to speak with you. All right. So one key reason why everyone seems to be associated investing with investing in the U.S. market seems to be the U.S. market is the largest and most liquid stock market in the world. That means a lot of trading volume, which makes it easy to buy and sell. Are there any other reasons why people seem so to twin this idea of investing with investing in the U.S. stock market, in your opinion? Well, it's certainly true that it's the biggest and the most uh, liquid, for sure. But it's also the market where almost all of the brokers offer it, uh, whereas a lot of brokers don't offer a lot of the other markets. So access to the US is for sure a lot easier for most investors than access to other markets like Japan, like some of the European markets like Australia. All right. So what makes US stocks stand out from other European and Asian stock exchanges, in your view, worth thinking through for the beginner investor listening in? Well, certainly they have the highest amount of media attention. They do have uh, fantastic returns as well. The US system is well known as a great place to uh, to float your company, even if you're a global company. Mm-hmm. Floating it in the US is, is well known. But, you know, the Magnificent Seven, as people have been very focused on, is really an undiversified set, not just from geography, but also very, very tech focused. An undiversified set. I like that. We haven't heard that associated with a Magnificent Seven. Uh, What are the risks associated with investing in US stocks? Is there more than meets the eye when we think about jumping into that market? Well, it is very uh, expensive right now relative to some of the other markets around the world because so much money has uh, flown in there because with rates higher, being overvalued like it is, is a little bit tricky. You've got to be careful of pullbacks when something has gone up so much. But, you know, that's, that's also the momentum that we're seeing in a few of the other big names around the world, but they just happen to be more diversified. What have you noticed about the way people invest in the U.S. that sort of gives away their level of understanding of the stock market? Well, it's really quite interesting that the names that you just read out on the list, the top five names, the Teslas, the NVIDIAs and so on, are pretty much constantly amongst our top lists not just in Singapore, but around the world. And that's because they're the names that, that people feel comfortable with. I mean, people may not own a Tesla, but they do know that Tesla is a company that has a lot of, uh, a lot of new technology in there. Uh, it's really gaining dominance within the, within the EV space. Mm-hmm. A lot less people know, say, BYD, which is now 
competing with Tesla in terms of the total deliveries of uh, cars. And it's much less accessible is BYD than, say, Tesla. Yeah, BYD, the number three top-selling car here in Singapore. It's a lot of familiarity with that brand, I have to say. Um, Much of the S&P constitutes growth companies, and I've heard you say elsewhere that eventually there will be a need for value companies to make a comeback. Uh, When that happens, where can investors find opportunities, Adam? Yeah, so within the US, certainly the the Russell 2000 is more probably value-focused. Um, and you can find ETFs that are more value focused. Uh, you know, value is really the Warren Buffett style of investing rather than growth, which is more the momentum uh, hedge fund style of investing. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's different ways of expressing that sort of view without having to think about individual names that you might like to, to put into a, a value portfolio. All right, let's broaden the discussion. How exactly do we go about getting started thinking about building a globally diversified stock portfolio? Yeah, it's a great question. And we were thinking about it a bit here recently as we think to how do we encourage our customers, uh, our clients to diversify themselves away from the Magnificent Seven Mm. without stepping into things that are not performing because you do want things that have been performing. There's a a good reason that companies perform consistently for multiple years. Um, So we've we've run some screens. Actually, I've found what what I'm now calling a glorious global 10 which are 10 companies, all of more than $50 billion market cap. So they're all substantial companies mm-hmm. around the world, uh, all of which have returned more than 50% per annum average over the last five years. Uh, and they're much more diversified than the Magnificent Seven. Um, they come from seven different countries. They come from eight different industries. And they're all performing extremely well. And a Saxo of an ETF that covers all 10? We do not have an ETF, but we do have each of the 10 on our platform so people can find them pretty easily um, so that they can invest in them. And they come from, I mean, Japan is very, very hot right now. Yep. So Japan is the only country which has more than one mm-hmm. in the uh, in the glorious global 10. It has three of the names in there. Um, you've got Australia, you've got Canada, you've got Denmark uh, with Novo Nordisk. Uh, you've got the Netherlands. You've got quite a few different countries in there. We should that tell listeners that Saxo is uh, Danish-based. Absolutely, yeah, Danish-based bank. So we, we know Novo Nordisk very well. It is one of our top global names um, because of our Danish uh, uh, head office and large presence in Denmark. All right. Can I get you to list the top 10 for us? The magnificent 10, the glorious 10. The, 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 the glorious global 10. So uh, Tokyo Electron, Japanese, that's a, a semiconductor company, ASML, Dutch, also semiconductors. Novo Nordisk, Danish, number three, which is uh, um, pharmaceuticals. Shopify, Canadian e-commerce. Fortescue is an Australian mining company. Uh, Hermes, everyone in Singapore knows Hermes because they love their handbags. That's French. Um, Daiichi Sankyo, which is another pharmaceutical company from Japan. BYD, the EV manufacturer we talked about a little bit earlier. Hitachi, Hitachi is a a technology provider, uh, cloud and so on. Uh, And Mitsuri Co., which is a Japanese trading company. That's the glorious global tech. Glorious Global 10 and remind us of the criteria that's made them glorious. More than 50% average return over the last five years. Wow. And more than 50 billion US dollars in market capitalization. We're certainly going to keep our eyes on that Glorious Global 10. Love that. It's the first time we've heard that here on this show. Um, any advice on how one should be thinking about managing a globally diversified portfolio? Is this something that the uh, investor moving to platforms like Saxo, wanting to do their own homework, attend webinars, pick their own stocks can do? Yeah, it certainly is. I think that when you're looking to move into a portfolio, you move in slowly. 
Uh, so you give yourself some time to say dollar cost average into them. Um, you probably, you probably, because there's so many different currencies and countries involved. I don't think you you uh, do any currency hedging. You have a portfolio with lots of different currencies in there, so they will all perform uh, as with their currencies as well, uh, and and move in slowly rather than trying to go all in on one or two of the names immediately. It's so interesting. So in terms of thinking of geographies, you're more focused on the companies that meet the glorious 10 criteria when we talk about uh, allocations. Yeah, well, look, I think that Japan is a super, super interesting geography at the moment. And that's why it's got a few in there. It is really benefiting from the geopolitics, which is dis- disrupting between the China and the US flows, trade flows. Japan is really stepping up. Uh, into that, its currency is very weak, which is good for its exporting country uh, companies. It's got super low interest rates, so it's super cheap to finance it as well. If you want to do it on CFD or margin, and there's there's so many good stories around Japan. Europe has been you know an underperforming region, but they've got some great companies. I mean, Novo Nordisk. You know, it's the maker of this fantastic drug that everybody wants now to help with their weight loss, but it's actually a diabetes drug. Yep. Uh, that company is, is is performing extremely well. Uh, I think it's up. Its share price is up 400% in the last five years. So it's an amazing company. Its market cap is bigger than the whole GDP of Denmark, wow. which is kind of nuts. Right. So, you know, there, there, there are these countries, they're all uh, companies, they're spread around in different countries and they're, they're, they're performing well. And just looking at a much broader set of countries when you're looking to invest and having a bigger screen really helps with diversification. We've been discussing investing beyond U.S. borders with Adam Reynolds, Apex CEO of Saxo. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, Adam. Always a pleasure, Michelle. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.